0: x-ray it's the beer show broadcast in portland on x-ray fm and available anywhere on your favorite podcast service that of course assumes that x-ray fm still wants to broadcast us after our long hiatus that's true we join you from southeast portland uh studio central uh, in the deep cold winter This is the same thing you said for the last podcast As if we only did an hour ago
1: Well, who would ever suspect that <laughs> and Now it's spring <laughs> it's, it's a week later, man and it's, it's only not even a be
0: cold later. outside I'm Patrick Emerson, professor of economics at Oregon State but, University But next
1: week when we're when we're pretending that this is being recorded It may be cold, you don't know
0: Well, that's true, yeah Maybe you're smarter than I am <laughs> Yeah, exactly uh, And your smart one over here is Jeff Allworth Author of the newly released Beer Bible 2nd edition Thank you Congratulations on that! Thank you. I don't think I have my copy yet. I don't know. Look around. I'm not sure.
1: I got. I got. Um, of, I can I'm actually a, give you a copy. I think. Didn't you buy one? Oh, think, no, you couldn't buy one at, at the gigantic because they brought like six six copies. Know,
0: they ran out. I don't think I'm going to pay for it. Well, I of course
1: don't think you're going to pay for it. <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> but,
1: wait. Yeah. What what kind of? Fool but would I, I, I
0: have one. Just to be clear.
1: Yeah, I should definitely race to get you that because you'll read it immediately the second I get it to you.
0: Well, I will because I need to know what's new in this edition from the last edition because I read that one cover to cover.
1: No. But your son read it. I remember he had a reading class and he was reading it. He was like he read, eleven years old. He was reading it.
0: He read some of the beer Bible. Yeah. My sons know about beer. I raised them right. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was it was very charming to watch that. Young mind Be exposed to the genius That is beer
0: The holidays just passed Or the festive season As they say In jolly old England uh, How were your holidays Jeff?
1: Uh, my holidays were fine They, they were uh, Kind of not holiday-y So much um, we, we did go to New England For Thanksgiving And that was wonderful um, yes. But Christmas was kind of uh, uh, Sally and I Kind of late in the game Looked at each other And said I don't have anything for you I'm <laughs> The other one said, I don't have anything for you.
0: Um, I would like that. That would, be, that would be my ideal Christmas moment for we, me and my wife.
1: We did, we did spend... Uh, we always
0: say that, by the way. But then my wife's birthday is like right before Christmas. So yeah. I can't get out of that one. Right. And then because I'm worried that I shortchange her birthday, I, I make sure I get extra gifts. And then I worry about shortchanging her for Christmas. And then she ends up getting like eight times as many gifts as she probably... Anyway. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Uh, we did spend a friend... Uh, Christmas, the Christmas, a little bit before Christmas, Christmas Day, and the day after uh, with friends uh, in Bend.
0: And it was snowy, right?
1: And it was really snowy. Nice. We rented a car because our car said, uh, you can't put chains on this car, which I've never seen before.
0: You got to get the socks, man. Which freaks us out.
1: What's a sock? Uh,
0: They're these super cool cloth coverings that you put over, and uh, I believe it because at least one brand is from Sweden or something, or Norway. Oh, so you know they know right. what they're talking about. Sure. Apparently, the, like the way that they do the cloth fibers and stuff, it gets real grippy in the snow. Huh. And so that's what you do for those cars that say they can't have chains. But also, often when they say they can't have Stock. chains, they mean you can't have chains, but you can still have cable strap things.
1: Yeah, they were talking about it not having the clearance and tearing the car apart. And when I saw that, I thought, yeah. that you,
0: right? you just get those little cable ones, usually. They you know, get the low-profile things. That's good enough. But nevertheless you got a car you rented a car and you made it across the pass
1: uh we did uh we got there before the snow hit and then we had to come back during the snow a relatively large snowstorm but i am a a wily vet and my my Possibly a, wheel, a all-wheel drive car. Uh, got me home. Was
0: it like an SUV kind of thing?
1: No, it was not an SUV. And in fact, when I called the, so this was like so, uh, Christmas was on a Saturday, and mm-hmm. I call, I'm calling like on a Wednesday night. Like, hey, do you guys have any SUVs before this snowstorm?
0: Stop <laughs> <laughs> <Anyway. laughs> <laughs> prank calling. Yes, exactly.
1: <clears throat> so they said no, but we have. Do you, do you have? Your, have you heard of this car company, Genesis? It's like the yeah yeah
0: it's a fancy the, it's a fancy Hyundai.
1: Is right. It's the infinity of Hyundai. Or exactly. Something. Yeah. So I got one of these. And, oh, uh,
0: wow, you travel in style, was, my friend.
1: It was it was interesting to be in a luxury car, which yeah. I usually travel in luxury cars.
0: Uh, uh,
1: I didn't I didn't don't notice. Sell
0: your Chevy short, man.
1: Well, it's not luxury. It's just awesome. <laughs> I, I we have a Volt. I don't know if we've ever mentioned that on the podcast, and I, I couldn't be happier with it. I wouldn't. I literally wouldn't want any other car. Even yeah, and you, then you,
0: they stopped making them. I, I was almost convinced by you, and I thought about it, but they stopped making those. Things.
1: I know. It's terrible. It's because Chevy doesn't know anything about cars. You walk into the Chevy showroom, and every single You vehicle, don't
0: want no Volt. I no. got a one- <laughs> No, that's a Ford. I got a what is a Silverado for you. Yeah. They're,
1: the, you're looking at wheel wells. You're looking around, and every, the wheel wells are eye level. It's crazy. <laughs> anyway, we're way off tra- track
0: now. No, we're not, because- <laughs> Uh, my holidays thank you for asking oh yeah,
1: so, uh, yes dominated by the
0: kids. fact that my in-laws came who are lovely people sure. but here's here's my conundrum so my father-in-law is absolutely uh, crazy about frosted glasses and beer ah. and so he comes the moment he walks in the door he arrives. he like throws all my glassware into the freezer and then he's like Patrick, you want a beer? And I'm like, yes. And he whips out the beer in the frosted glass. And there I am looking at this very, very, very cold glass and this beautiful, delicate, delightful pilsner that he's gotten from my fridge because I put it there thinking, no, what do I do now? Uh, so <laughs> this is the first time what I did was I sat there funneling the glass, <laughs> fondle, funnel, 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 all the frost went away. And then I poured my pilsner. Shh. Nice. And then it happened again because I was invited out to the coast by some friends, uh, a friend of the same age as me, but he also got indoctrinated during that frosted glass phase, uh-huh. craze, which is, I, th- I, I think it was the 80s. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, it was like the 50s to the 80s 50s to the 80s, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And so he would do the same thing, pop out of frosted glass. But with him, I felt comfortable saying, nah, <laughs> I'll, take a, I'll take a warm glass next.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the frosted glass is not a good way to go, and it, it's partly because uh, if you're
0: drinking a Bud Light, I think it might be a good way to go.
1: Well, I think maybe not. It de- really depends. So the thing about it is, you you know, you get the liquid inside there that freezes up, mm-hmm. and any any kind of aromatic molecule that might be in your freezer uh, will get in there.
0: Oh, that's a good point. And I didn't then, know about that. you know,
1: it's like sometimes you smell, uh, you, you pull something out of the freezer, and it has a weird kind of a freezer aroma you don't want that on your glass
0: for no, god's sakes you don't want that in glass and i don't really don't want it it's ultra cold no
1: i don't beard. Yeah, i no. want
0: a beer that's warming up and expressing itself
1: yeah yeah people have some weird fascination with ultra cold i don't have it
0: <laughs> anyway so that was my that's why i introduced the holidays only to get to the frosted glass that's how clever i am
1: that's nice and you know what in the middle of december the last thing i wanted was a damn frosted glass why what-
0: i know that's the other thing it's cold man <laughs>
1: <laughs> here you go freeze your hand man.
0: uh but it, i i didn't have the heart to do anything no he's no he's such a he's such a good guy and he's really trying to like be the you know super you know one of, super the, thoughtful and-
1: one of the great things about beer is uh Alcohol in general, but but certainly beer, is that it has this ritual element and yep. it has a social and a ritual element. And in both case, on both those scores, when you pull out your son-in-law, your cool frozen glass, you're you're marking a an important social occasion with this ritual. And so, yeah, what are you, you yep. if you say screw that? It's just a jerk thing.
0: Yeah, you just go along with it. Yep. Exactly. All right, shall we get to the podcast?
1: all right let's do it it. turns
0: out that in order to sell a book you got to go flog a book right so (laughs) no
1: one knows how to sell a book but this was one game (laughs) (laughs) did it
0: yeah did it work uh you gotta have a platform too which is why you podcast right that's that's right yeah you're welcome all right so today we're going to do uh doing a bit more retrospective podcasting this is in reference to our last podcast was just a great big let's catch up on all the Beery world news yeah so go back and listen to that if you haven't because you might be out of date in october jeff went on a national book tour that's the reason we had to put our podcasting on hold and it really has been i mean it's been months months yeah, yeah. so we apologize for that i on behalf of jeff alworth i apologize to you for his laziness and inability to like figure this out uh, oh, I did.
1: I did get one. I did get that one podcast recorded in. Uh, yeah, it was
0: not our podcast. It was a competitor's podcast.
1: No, no, no. It was our podcast. It's on our podcast feed. It was a. It wasn't a. It was. Oh man, we'll tell that story later. For okay. God's <laughs> sakes, it was an awesome story.
0: Wait a minute. There's, so there's this, a podcast on our podcast feed, and I don't even know about it.
1: It's the. No, it's, it's the Guinness podcast.
0: <sighs> where's my? Yeah, I know, but where's my check? There's no check. There tried, will be no I check. I have to convince Guinness to find me out. First class, they didn't I do it. Uh, okay, so it's the reason we had to put our podcasting on hold. Much apologies. Uh, but Jeff saw and learned much on his travels, so today we will benefit from all that wisdom and what he discovered. And I should say, it's nice to see you.
1: Uh, it's great because to honestly, see you just too, yeah.
0: as two friends, I haven't seen you in ages, and I know. We've, our communication has been minimal and it's been a long time, so it's yeah. really good to see you. Yeah,
1: the truth there's is, there's only a
0: few years left. I mean, we're Before at the end. We die. exactly. Yeah. So we gotta cherish every moment. Yeah? Let's let's cherish this. Yeah. Could and besides, be. you look just about on the edge because you got a real scraggly. I know something going on there. Yeah, I know it's uh, and it's all white.
1: I I know it is. It's a Santa beard. It's either it's either I go deep and and go for the gravitas or I shave it have off you, immediately. Have
0: you noticed what uh, um, David Letterman looks like these days? I have. Uh, you're you're headed right there. I think you should do it.
1: But David Letterman is like 90 years old.
0: I'm yeah. not. I'm well, a young man well, still. So you say. <laughs> All evidence to <of> the contrary. <laughs> All right. right. So we're going to skip the news this week, which means you don't get the news intro. So maybe a clever Will Romy, our our beloved producer, will slip something in. So you don't, right. So you don't despair. <laughs> That was my pause. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out whether we'll actually get <laughs> right. into the podcast. would yeah, just be a pause there for, for amusement's <laughs> sake. Uh, so that's it. It's freeform. We're going to talk about your travels. Cool. So I hope you're ready to talk because I got nothing.
1: I am gonna. I am ready to talk. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I had uh, a wonderful trip, and in 2015, I did a book tour, and it was really fascinating because rarely does a person have occasion. Basically, never. To travel around the country, drinking beer, so you can get a contemporaneous sense of all the different regions. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, and compare, you know. To yeah, what's and going
0: now on. there's so much going on in lots of parts of the U.S. that there weren't that much going on in t- even as late as 2015.
1: Yeah, it, 2015 was right when the explosion was starting, mm-hmm. uh, but you know it hadn't really unfolded in the way it has now, uh, and. So I don't want to step on anything because my last leg was my southern <laughs> leg, and one of the one of my my favorite cities to tour was Atlanta, and uh, Atlanta was I'm sure they had a few breweries back in 2015, but it was not it was not going to punch up. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would argue that Atlanta has some of the best breweries in the country right now, and it, wow. I'm certain that was not. Well, the I'm excited to get to there. I'll just yeah. say that yeah,
0: I was there for a conference in somewhere around there, 2014, maybe, and yeah, there there was beer, but it. Wasn't great.
1: Yeah. So Uh, things have really changed. And it's been, yeah, it's been fascinating to see, to get a a feel. Because we live in this nationalized uh, beer space. And we, you know, if you... If you follow the industry, you kind of see some of the breweries what they're doing elsewhere, and you kind of think it feels like you know what's happening nationally, but you drink locally, and you're never really totally sure. So yeah. it was it was super fascinating to get out and and see what was going on.
0: And you had to do it during coronavirus, and you escaped. You said seventeen flights in the last pod, so yep. Congratulations, that's fantastic. Thank uh, you. And you did have a few places that had to cancel, including just two, including stabbing me in the heart. Was the main beer company? Yeah, totally understand. Not critical at all. Like, get it? It's just it's a it's a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh,
1: that that one was a little bit sad. Um, and then the other one that got canceled was my Seattle stop, which was going to be a Rubens. Uh, and so I didn't. I was thinking of rescheduling a Seattle stop, and it didn't happen because it turns out man, these book tours are really grueling. And so when I got back, I was going to do it in early December, but I, was like, oh, I
0: can't do it. And well, maybe sometime in the spring you can just fit a little trip. up there.
1: Yeah. And, and the truth is these, these events were really fun. I should mention just kind of the, the form of them spent a fair amount of time, way more time myself scheduling these beforehand with, on the assumption that they would turn out well, but I wasn't totally sure. It, was, it yeah. was all theoretical. You got to see the first one, so you have a sense of how they went. They were all kind of like that. They had a really different character depending yeah. on your Yeah, your first one was here
0: at Gigantic. Yeah. It was a room, a bunch of tables, beer being served, books being sold in the corner. You talking at that time with Van Having and Ben Love, the brewers and founders of Gigantic. Yep. Uh, and actually, that's probably the last time I saw you thinking um, about it until now yeah, that was September that was, <laughs> that was September yeah it was a long time ago <laughs> I'm not sure if we saw each other since then
1: so they are fun events and we wanted to get people out and, and um, I'm happy to if you guys are if anyone's listening to this and wondering uh, if I would do that I would be happy to show up and sell books or meet with you guys and talk these are fun events um, they're, I think they're fun for the breweries too because in many cases like the one that you saw with Ben and Van uh, people at the brewery may know them may, may, may see them may even talk to them from time to time regulars but they don't really get to hear them talk about beer at a, at a deep level and yeah. kind of go, go deep and so there's a real benefit I think for the, the, the fans of the breweries uh, to hear the people who make the beer that they love yeah you know, that was the
0: about. nice thing about at least the gigantic thing and I assume it was repeated mostly the other stops too which was it wasn't just you talking it was a back and forth between yeah. you and the brewers and about what you wrote about in the book and how they reacted to it how they see it locally and things like that yeah. So that was really fun. Um, yeah, if you want to book Jeff, you just got to talk to his management company and figure out his uh, speaker fee. That's right. Yeah, you can negotiate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> deals to be had. Uh,
1: so I, I'm not, I don't have a huge uh, uh, agenda Format, about going
0: for here. Uh, yeah.
1: But, I can, but I can mention just as a kind of establishing shot that I did five legs, sort of. Four, four legs and a stop, <laughs> yeah. but they were um, in the northeast, which is to say south of New England, mm-hmm. uh, California with a stop in Denver, so it was really, I called it my western leg, but mm-hmm. it was really California, yeah. um, Midwest leg, which is upper Midwest, uh, and then, then south, and then I was going to do two stops in New England, but I only got to do the one because of Main Beer Co., uh, so...
0: Oh, but the other one that got... Uh, Cancelled was the Milwaukee one that put you into Madison, right? That's right. There were a
1: couple that got canceled that I rescheduled. So I had a Denver one that was canceled and it got rescheduled. In both of those cases, I feel like uh, it was serendipitous. I don't don't assume that the places that canceled wouldn't have been extraordinary, but uh, the places that ended up getting subbed in – Turned out to be really awesome, so uh, I have no complaints. Yeah,
0: and you've those. been back to Madison, Wisconsin, so I'm super jealous. We'll talk about that when you get there, I suppose. But you and I lived together when we were, we were students at the University of Wisconsin. That's right. And I kind of grew up there, so
1: yeah, that's right. Uh, it looks radically different. You should definitely go back. It is wild, wild stuff. I know. I know. I can't it's believe a big how city long city it's now. been. It's kind of a big city now. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, uh, we're kind of just going right to Madison that's fine uh, there are a lot of pretty big apartment buildings so it's a pretty vertical little town now which is really surprising
0: to me doesn't surprise me given especially like downtown the space constraints
1: exactly it's a, Madison Wisconsin is built uh, in between two lakes yeah. uh, and so there's <laughs> real physical constraints for like Seattle that way Yeah. Um, so yeah if you're going to build and you don't want to be way out you got to go up because there's nowhere else to go
0: yeah I mean I basically haven't been back since we graduated so this is 1994
1: me too Totally, me too. Yeah. It's a cool town. In fact, why don't we just start with the Midwest? Because I really, what the hell? I really, let's do I, it. I really love the Midwest.
0: But let's just note in passing that another town that you uh, visited was San Diego, yes. and we have a bunch of San Diego beer here, and we might as well get started. Let's do it. Let's uh, to wet our whistles.
1: Yeah. So and talk uh, about this. My my event in San Diego. So I, San Diego is one of the few places that I carved out extra time to stay there and, and tour the city. But my event was at a brewery called Pure Project, mm-hmm. uh, and the beer that we have right in front of us right now is Pure Project. Yes. So Pure Project is a really cool brewery. Put
0: that in the dimple.
1: Oh wait, is that the is that the pub?
0: Yeah, this is the English pub. Yeah, put it in the dimple. Man. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs>
1: gotta go in the dump it's gotta be right that's here.
0: why that's why I've got the expert with me man. Yeah. I gotta <laughs> save me from myself
1: Pure Project's a really cool brewery and I oh, met uh,
0: mic's picking that up because I'm doing a good job
1: excellent uh, uh, cool brewery and I met um, online don't drink it all though
0: I'm. I'm gonna, there's a couple steps for you left sucker
1: uh, <laughs> keep talking just don't just, don't mind me there's a there's a wonderful guy who was doing a virtual instagram uh reading going through kind of like a training with uh the beer bible and i saw him and i i'd already uh been aware of pure project and uh i think they'd even given us some of their beer so i was already a fan uh didn't have huge amounts of connections down in san diego and then chris leguizamon was uh doing this thing and he's kind of their their educator outreach guy. He is a mass, not a master Cicerone, an advanced Cicerone. The one that's not, it's the, it's the really good, really high one. That's not the highest, mm-hmm. like 120 people instead of 14 or whatever. Anyway. Uh, so I reached out and said, Hey Chris, can I come? And he said, <laughs> yes. And then the next day, Chris and I went uh, and he, he and some other folks and I spent the whole day pub crawling in North San Diego mm-hmm. uh, So that was awesome We can we can come all the way Back around to that But let's drink this beer This is a pub ale
0: this is, Yeah uh, What was the official title Only yesterday English style pub ale And that's it There are no other descriptions So we'll, we'll find out We'll decide It's,
1: it's really funny um, Just a couple of days ago On Twitter mm-hmm. Boken Bailey English bloggers said, you know, we're seeing that Americans use this phrase pub ale a lot because apparently bitter is really confusing to Americans. Uh And it's really funny. So they sent us a pub ale. And it's a bitter. It's clearly a a bitter.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: So our friend Alex Ah, Gnudy down at uh, uh, Upright made a pub ale, but his was a brown ale. He was concealing that it was a brown ale by calling (laughs) it a
0: pub ale. (laughs) So so buyer beware when you see pub ale.
1: This is a really nice beer. It's very bright and – uh, it's it's I would I would call this a juicy pu- is, uh, English pub ale. Yes,
0: it is delightful. It is a hybrid. Yeah, it's
1: it's. I think it's not a hybrid. I think this is if you go to England right now, this is what kind of beers you from That's
0: true. You were telling me this, so yes, I'm I'm out of date. But
1: yeah, it's a modern pub ale.
0: A modern pub ale. Really nice. Mm. Mm. That's yeah. luscious. No that,
1: mm. that wants to be on cask, but
0: it does want to be on cask, <laughs> And I did shortchange you, by the way, sucker.
1: Yeah, I, oh, I But do, you have I, another
0: can. I'll confirm, by the way, just just in passing, that yes, we've had Pure Project before, and I think we've even had some on the pod. Um, and uh, so we know how good it is Yeah, in general. All right, All right we're going back to the Midwest. Go, let's, take, let's go to the Midwest. Yeah, so the
1: Midwest was my uh, my second stop. I uh, started out in the Northeast, come back to the Northeast. But the okay. Midwest is just so much fun. Um, I feel like the Midwest gets overlooked as a craft brewing place Mm -hmm. uh the midwest is much like the northwest in that uh, for the most part the breweries there sell all they make to locals so you're you're, you know like my first stop was at minneapolis which i feel like is probably the most underrated big american city for beer Mm -hmm. uh it's just tremendous they just have such good beer there a lot of really good movies every time i go there i'm like holy crap man minnesota is really killing it it's not just the day it's not just uh, the twin cities it's the whole state is really good um and I, I did i did fly in the night before my event so i got to hang out i went to udapil's uh which is a make they make lagers um so that was a hell of a lot of fun uh, hung out there mm-hmm. they, it was fest beer times so they had a really tremendous fest beer on and I think it was their Hellas I think they did a Hellas and a Pills and I liked one of them immensely and I think it was the Hellas mm-hmm. um, and then I had my event at Fair State uh, which is a brewery that does lagers uh, and nice IPAs and they made one of the you know, looking back, like when you try to remember all the beers yeah. you had, and I had many, many beers. <laughs> uh, they had one of the most memorable <laughs> beers. Like I, if I go back, they just—I I have this bright memory of uh, this all-citra kind of pale ale, low-alcohol low IPA, like six, uh-huh. around six percent. Yeah. Oh man, it was so good. And it, the citra that the, the hop selection they would chosen was a really lemony variety, very bright, uh, very. It was simple in its way. It wasn't like layers of complexity, but just super Moorish, awesome. Excellent. Um, and then uh, then I did Madison, Wisconsin, which was really fun. The brewery that pinch hit uh, for, uh, f- you know, we, uh, we, when I couldn't go to Milwaukee. Right. So the thing that happened in Milwaukee was weird. There was a uh, COVID shut down the local bookseller. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't the brewery's fault. It was the bookseller's fault. And there was no backup. There was no independent bookseller in the entire city of Milwaukee.
0: Right. So we couldn't really. I remember this now, It it wasn't
1: like we could. So we were kind of screwed. And there was this really cool uh, local Madisonian named Greg Washington who does a podcast, uh, a video podcast, um, which I appeared on. And he had said, dude, you got to come to. Madison it'll be awesome and I said yeah I'm already, I'm already going to Milwaukee so when all this happened I contacted Craig and said who should I go to you're my man I gotta I gotta I gotta do this fast because <laughs> uh, this was kind of late in the game and he said go to Giant Jones and Giant Jones oh. is this really interesting brewery that uh, th- so the, the two women who run it are married their last names are Jones mm-hmm. and uh, the Beers they make are big beers. They only make big beers.
0: So <laughs> that's my we, we <laughs> Yeah,
1: exactly. So that's the giant part of it, um, and uh, that was really fun. My the first roommate that I had in Madison, uh, guy Stoniker, still lives there. So we hung mm-hmm. out, went out to dinner, went to this event. Uh, fantastic. It was really cool. So that was and and Madison, even though it's grown to be kind of a bigger city, has a real small town feel to it still feels like a college town small town
0: yeah so why after high school i wanted to get the hell out (laughs) (laughs) Um, You appreciate things later though more
1: yeah and then chicago was just fantastic and uh chicago so it was it was was interesting uh minneapolis was completely dead downtown and we'll Mm -hmm. get to some of my findings what i what i discovered is the downtowns Across America are dead. Yeah, um, they've really been hollowed out, yeah. and the neighborhoods are still going. So, like Minneapolis, like Portland has a lot of neighborhoods around the the kind of commercial downtown core, and those places were hopping. But um, but downtown was as dead as any place I saw. San Francisco also really dead. Mm-hmm. Chicago was kind of hopping though. Chicago was more kind of more healthy than most places I saw mm-hmm. and Chicago's really stepped up there game. this is not a new thing um, and I had my stop there at fair uh I'm sorry half acre uh, and it was a really good event I our, our, we had Josh Knoll on the podcast a while back he and I did an event there mm-hmm. where he interviewed me it was really fun um, and then the next day I went out to dovetail which is kind of a famous brewery that does Franconian uh, and bohemian style loggers mostly Franconian style loggers uh, at the brewery. That was a lot of fun. And it was just, it was just a reminder that the Midwest has this kind of down to earth, uh, beer saturated culture. And they have had forever, like the immigrants to these parts of yep. the, the, these cities were all beer drinkers. Yeah, hundred years ago, hundred years ago, 50 years ago, they're all been beer drinkers. These people know how to drink beer. They know how to enjoy beer. And even though a lot of the breweries in these places are not necessarily ones you've heard of, uh, you know, the events were extremely well attended, very warm uh, reception. Just, I, you know, the upper Midwest is awesome. I have a real affection for the upper yep,
0: Midwest. Yeah, absolutely. I know what you mean. Me too. And <laughs> Chicago is probably the most underappreciated big city in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic place.
1: Yeah, I was I was staying at the Palmer House. So people who live, who know Chicago know the Palmer House. It's this old, old uh now kind of dog-eared uh, uh, Grand Hotel reminded me of like a Grand Budapest Hotel hotel, <laughs> yeah. and it's right around the corner from um, the Art Institute and yep. unfortunately the, the Art Institute didn't open up early enough for me to get to see ah, it it's, I don't know, my, it's my favorite uh, museum in the world so, yeah, it's an amazing museum so that was such a fun one uh, and I think I think you know I, I would I, I feel like I feel like people maybe overlook the midwest as as a good beer place so the, the west coast has had its heyday mm-hmm. and uh the east coast has now had its heyday and mm-hmm. i think the midwest has been having heydays all along and no one's noticed so good yeah. job midwest
0: what are people drinking in the midwest
1: yeah so in the midwest loggers was a thing that i was really curious about and that's yep. one thing that i noticed uh I, I wanted to see
0: you would think that that would be big in the midwest since the history of all the beer makers that came from the Excuse me, Germany.
1: That's right. And it's it reminded me a lot of, of uh, Oregon in that uh, loggers are popular there. Mm-hmm. And you have s- breweries that specialize in loggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Utapils uh, that I went to in Minneapolis, they do loggers. They really focus on it. Dovetail that I went to in Chicago, they focus on it. Mm-hmm. But breweries that focus on other stuff, like Half Acre, uh, is, I think, probably locally far more known for their hoppy beers Uh, um they make a this tremendous pilsner called pony pills and as we were they have a really good staff uh and as we were doing our our presentation every time i would mention a beer style about two minutes later somebody would hand me a beer uh, that the brewery made in that beer style and i started having this grove of glasses around me and late in the game we got to pilsner and they brought me the pony pills which i'd never had before i'd had uh a number of their beers before, and it was tremendous. And I'm like, "Oh God, why didn't why didn't we start with this? Right. Why am I, Why have I been drinking anything with this? <laughs> really good." And I think that's a good example. And it reminded me of Portland. It's like, yeah. you know, breweries feel like they need to have a good lager on tap. It yeah. seems like so that 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 was really that was really similar. But I started out at the East Coast.
0: Okay, so let's go back. Let's go there.
1: Yeah. So I, and it is in many ways kind of an outlier in the United States. So mm. I'm talking about. Uh, like the the New York City to uh, Baltimore part of the East Coast this right. is where I was so New Jersey yeah. uh, Western PA and uh, Baltimore New York City and loggers are not a deal there um, people make them mm-hmm. you know you'll find them at breweries but uh, they are not driving culture at all people are not really into them and in fact what's really surprising is it's it's like kind of old- timey there uh, <laughs> you know, you're you're gonna if you're if you're looking for an amber ale, a cream ale, yeah, you know this is this is a place where cream <laughs> ales were really popular. Yeah, <laughs> so you still do find cream ales, which is cool. That's uh-huh. a nice regional touch, but you also find you know old kind of pub ales, old uh-huh. American pub ales. One thing that I, this was in October, so uh, it's kind of a, a moment for seasonality, uh-huh. and that that region was so much more focused on seasonals than other parts of the country. So I saw Oktoberfest everywhere and I saw Uh pumpkin ales everywhere. And I saw no pumpkin ales anywhere else in the country.
0: Wow. It's hanging on somewhere. (laughs) It's
1: hanging on. I know. I'm like pumpkin (laughs) ales. We stopped off uh, when we were in Western PA at at Weyerbacher and uh, they had like two or three pumpkin ales they're like going deep on pumpkin ales and we we saw pumpkin ales elsewhere too so that that was just kind of curious it feels a little bit more old school there it feels like uh that region is not uh you know i mean of course there are there are breweries that make the most cutting edge uh beers around and and new york city is really um Transitioning into a much more modern thing, New York has finally stepped up its game, and there's some pretty badass breweries in New York. But but the region generally, I think, is a little bit yeah, uh, kind of old school. So that was interesting. And then the South is really into loggers. They sell a lot of loggers. I think people, it's warmer. Makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. It totally makes sense. Um, and you see a lot of breweries making a lot of loggers. So that's that. It's big there. Mm-hmm. California, not so much loggers. Like it's so weird. That still,
0: those big hoppy beers.
1: Uh, still, yeah, still hoppy beers. But we're I, we're gonna have to talk. We're gonna have to spend a, a fair amount of time talking about it, say, right. uh, California because it was it was one of the most enlightening things. I I weirdly have not spent that much time in California, mm-hmm. so uh, drinking beer. So it was interesting. Yeah. So it, that was just that kind of you know, just even looking at loggers was sort of an interesting way to to think about that. Um, let's see. I think let, let's talk about California. We got we got a California uh, pure project here, and uh, I spent four days in, in in San Diego, and then two days in the Bay Area. I mm-hmm. uh, had two events in the Bay Area. It was yeah. one place I had two events.
0: Uh, and then you were in the, in between at Firestone Walker. And
1: then I was in between at Firestone Walker, and 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 one one good kind of metric for. Wa- for like some data about how loggers are not succeeding, is Firestone Walker's wonderful Pivo Pills is just not selling well.
0: I and, heard it's done.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it may be. I, I think it it's still in package, but uh, certainly oh, only good. Yeah, certainly only in in California, and it may be reduced at some point to a draft only yeah. offering. I but,
0: was in. Sorry, just to uh, cut across you there. I was in uh, the Bay Area for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Also, the same in-laws who came up for, <laughs> for Christmas. Anyway, the point was, uh, there's a lot of, uh, like New York City, I think there's a lot of new breweries, a huge amount of new activity in brewing in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, uh, I went to one of them. We can, we can talk yeah, about we'll, talk,
0: we'll talk about that. I, uh, uh, I know, but, but the point uh, I was going to make, because we were talking about Fires and Walker, is I went on a wild goose chase to find Double Barrel oh yeah and it was supposed to be at the bevmo in san rafael but there wasn't any yeah. uh, so sad it's so hard to find and it's such a good beer well, and i, I so would, sad
1: i was promised that they would not only have double barrel at in la but it's the only place you can get it where it's been aged on wood uh-huh. and it's supposed to be sublime and quirk of timing when i was there it was not on tap it had blown uh, you, mean, the, you mean
0: at, at firestone walker at firestone walker yeah, so not la but Robles.
1: Yeah, yeah it no, no, this is their L.A. outpost.
0: Oh, 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 oh I'm sorry.
1: Okay, yeah, So, so they that's have,
0: where you did the event?
1: That's where I did the event, in, ah, okay. in L.A., gotcha. uh, in Venice, actually, mm-hmm. um, at their Propagator, which yeah. is a really, really cool facility. On, not surprising. So but,
0: if there's anything I can achieve with this podcast, it's to save Double Barrel Ale. Right,
1: I'm right there with you, and I couldn't believe they didn't it's have so it. It's hard to
0: save when it's not available. I can't tell people to go buy it because they can't. Uh, I I guess you got to start in Paso Robles or in Southern California. Buy it. Buy all you can. Whenever you see it, buy it. Pay double for it. Mule it up here, too. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever you do, (laughs) just keep it alive. Keep it alive. They'll probably always have it just because it's such a part of their identity, but you probably will soon only be able to get it if you go to the brewery itself.
1: I think that's right. So, yeah. So, California was so interesting. I mean, San Diego is this place (laughs) that had such a defined personality. Yeah. And I have been to places where – Uh, regions or countries have a really defined personality and things have changed. The UK is one of the classic examples. Like the Cascale thing starts to die and then for years and years and years, decades, Mm -hmm. the UK has sort of been kind of spinning and trying to find its identity. Um, You know, Cascale, to the rest of the world, UK means Cascale. Yep. But in the UK, you know, they don't really sell that much Cascale. Um, And so it's this weird kind of situation. Uh, It felt a little bit like that in uh, San Diego. This is a place where s- strong, clear, bitter IPAs were king, mm-hmm. and that was the identity. And it was like something that every San Diegan seemed to have absorbed and knew. And that was that was their thing. Yep. And then hazies came and blew it all open. And now breweries. They still, they still make San Diego style IPAs. In fact, we went to uh, Pizza Port, the original Pizza Port, and had a Swami's. Uh, cool. yeah, yeah, and that's like one of the, the most important San Diego yeah, IPAs. I'd like to go there, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, it's just a pizza place. It's like it's funny, you know, when you go to right, one, one of these, legendar- yeah, yeah, exactly, you go to one of these legendary places and you think, huh, it's surprisingly not as the citadel to beer like i thought it would be
0: (laughs) where's the museum (laughs) exactly uh
1: so you know i I, it really feels like san diego is a is a is a city looking for its identity Mm. and you know you find of course a lot of great beer uh but not i feel like maybe not so much uh of a san diegan identity however the one one thing that was incredibly cool that i did was I walked down to Barrio Logan? Do you know this place, Barrio Logan? Uh, no, I don't. The other thing that's super weird, if you've never been to San Diego, is locals refer to San Diego uh, and they mean San Diego County. Yeah. And the first day that I went out with Chris and George and, and others, uh, we went up to uh, northern San Diego County. and We drove forty five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Through, it's... through through nothing. Like not. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was all connected or anything. It was yeah. just like vast stretches of nothing yeah it's so one it's of the very it's, weird it's,
0: it's yeah it's uh it's one of the weirdest cities in the sense that there isn't like a really strong center of gravity yeah so there, there is a downtown and it's kind of actually more recently got gotten sort of revitalized a bit and they built a new ballpark and stuff like that for the baseball team and but yeah it that was it was never like really centered on the downtown area and so it's yeah these little pockets all over
1: it's very weird well right south of downtown is uh, the historic immigrant area oh, okay. for Mexican yeah. immigrants yeah, yeah. Uh, called Mario Logan. Okay. Um, and there's two new breweries there. So I walked down there well, at my event at Peer Project. Uh-huh. Two women who worked there said, uh, you have to come up to Mujeres. Uh, to, you got to come to Mujeres tomorrow. It's uh, owned by a Latina. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're down there in Mario Logan. And uh-huh. so I'm like, awesome i'm definitely going to do that and i learned that there was another one that they're actually kind of connected they have ownership connections called uh, border x um nearby so i walked down there one day and went to those two breweries they're really cool they're doing interesting stuff and it feels very much a piece of the neighborhood which is fantastic you know it feels like uh whereas the rest of the entire rest of the, the city that i went to it felt like there was a bit of a uh culture shock or or crisis of confidence or something like that. Mm. When I was in those two brewers, I felt like these breweries know exactly what they're doing and Mm. it was cool. So that was fun. Um, Uh,
0: Can I ask you just sort of an overall question again, Um, not to derail us too much, but I'm just wondering, uh, did you find a lot of sort of strong expression of some kind of local culture, local tastes, local flavors
1: in San Diego
0: in, in general, but We'll start with San Diego. No, like, I mean, in San like,
1: Diego, I didn't find that. Or is everybody surprising.
0: brewing, you know, different mixes, but a lot of the same beer?
1: I mean, I think it is mostly – I think I think we do, do have a fairly nationalized culture. Um, and uh, I think you're talking about in every city you're going to be able to find most styles of beer, um, but you're not necessarily going to find – them in the same proportion. So some cities are going to have like, right. more lagers. Some cities are going to have more right. West Coast IPAs, East Coast IPAs. Right. And there, there are some differences. Like, um,
0: but you're not getting like tropical flavors in the deep South, and I don't know, um, corn in the Midwest or something.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice that stuff so much. It was much more uh, subtle, kind of like how people drink. Like in Minneapolis, they have weird laws, so you, you can't have a restaurant. Uh, in, in your pub so it's all tap rooms oh.
0: that
1: there's yeah. right, that's not that exactly right but it's a weird law which means yeah. it's basically it's basically the case that there's only tap rooms so yeah. that's that's sort of weird whereas you know in, in, in on the west coast it's much much more common to be able to get food in a, at right. a restaurant and in fact I will say this uh, one of the places we went to and I'm not going to remember the name Really bad in San Diego, up in the northern part of San Diego, in Oceanside. Is that a place? Yeah, uh, is a new brewery that is a brewery taco stand, and I gotta tell you, that is an awesome choice. Every brewery should sell tacos. <laughs> it is amazing.
0: Tacos pair really well with beer. Huh? They
1: are perfect. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, it was it was that was one of my 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 delightful stops.
0: Uh, uh, cool. So uh, these. Two breweries that are in the traditional Latino, uh, Latinex um, uh, areas of San Diego, did they have what? What kind of expression of local culture did they?
1: Mostly, I think it was it was well. I shouldn't say mostly, but um, the the places felt like okay. they were comfortable for locals to just pop right. in, yeah. Uh, and the beer wasn't necessarily. Uh,
0: Super distinct. Well, it was
1: not Border X did have some interesting things, and 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 Muharris did have a really cool lime sour, uh, like a cucumber lime sour uh, that was perfect. It was kind of a hot day, and uh, I walked down you there. Go.
0: Cucumber lime sour. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. There it you was, go.
1: It was really, it, it was <laughs> was really on the money. It was really good. They also had a uh, a fresh hop ale that was a bit long in the tooth, and I'm like, okay, San Diego breweries, they don't understand. You got to get these things moving through. But uh, yeah. I, I I found a few fresh hop beers. Uh, in October, in other places uh, in the country, that, yeah, they were a little bit long. I don't blame anybody for that. You kind of got to know how to do that stuff. Uh, but um, okay, you talk for just a second while I go get a bottle. Yeah, we're,
0: uh, I was I was motioning to Jeff that uh, we need to open this saison from Pure Project. Since we're still talking about San Diego, we should do it now. All the going's good, uh, uh, but as a bottle, which means we need a bottle opener. Yeah.
1: That. And I forget about that bottle yeah. openers. You've I know I'm bottles are so
0: nineteen or twenty fifteen.
1: <clears throat> order X did had one of the beers that was one of those that I. That's I'm not going to cheat you this time, by the way. Super in my like the ones that I remember. Excuse me. It was
0: wow. A, too much beer, man. Too much beer? Huh.
1: Oh, in the no, glass you, they're pouring.
0: I was responding to you.
1: Uh the border X does a thing called a horchata golden stout. It was 9%, which was a lot, but man, oh man, it was so good. I was super, super loving that. And they do this blood Saison on that also has different flavorings in it. So I think if you're looking for, uh,
0: Local expressions. Local expressions
1: that might, might be leading. absolutely. Uh, the horchata golden style. <laughs> that
0: one. stuff gets me really excited. Like, I love to see that when I travel. On.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was great. And I, I uh, especially at Border X, when I, I, I got to uh, Muharris kind of early in the afternoon, it was not, it was not super packed yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really get a big sense of what kind of clientele they had. Border X, by the time I got to Border X, it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And it's in this cool little part of... Uh, you know, it's one of those parts of a neighborhood that has uh, uh, like a, a downtown district, kind of. So it was already hopping, mm-hmm. and I think ninety percent of the people in the building were Latino, which is really awesome. You know, it was not it was not. Uh, perform performative latino or yeah. attracting and not uh, something tourists like in, something.
0: in portland oregon you'd necessarily experience in craft beer scene that's right there's not a lot of diversity in clientele because we're not creating those spaces yet probably exactly right.
1: so that was that was fun it was a really really fun day to, to pop down there uh, san francisco i think is also an interesting place that doesn't have a Real identity yet, like I was just the one. One place I went to, they did loggers, and one place I went to, they did really bear bottle, which we've talked about. They uh-huh. did uh, everything. Uh, they, they do everything. <laughs> I think they're really an IPA house. They, that's their real specialty. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think they're they're getting a lot of traction because they have a good brand and kind of high profile mm-hmm. uh, approach to, to beer. But it is interesting that the San Francisco is also like. I was really trying to find the kind of vibe there, and the truth is, if you come to Portland, I don't know if you would either. I mean, I, yeah, that's, you know, yeah. so I, it's, it's I interesting. I'm, yeah, it, uh, it resisted my efforts to pigeonhole.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, sort of newer beer scenes might be easier to pigeonhole, and then more mature beer scenes. What happens is you get people who specialize in different things, and you get a lot of diversity. But the one thing I noticed because there were a bunch of breweries I'd never heard of before that have popped up in in the Bay Area in the last few years. Um, uh, I wondered whether like the one thing I think you could say is like the classic San Francisco style is steam beer, but that 's kind of an anchor thing, and I think there's a lot of respect right. not to step on that uh because I was curious, I was like, well, everyone should do a steam beer, you know you can just riff on the whole steam thing, but totally uh so it's interesting i don 't know exactly what, but yeah, I would it kind of it suggested to me that there's sort of this polite deference like that's your thing, and we won't
1: yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. Right.
0: Uh, all right, so let me just uh, tell you this. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something? No, yeah, it's
1: a little bit regrettable. I wish I wish every brewery in well, San Francisco thing, yeah. made steam beer.
0: I would love to see all these different expressions of steam beer. Yeah. Which is uh, lager yeast done at higher temperatures, right? So, yeah. Okay, uh, this is the Madeline Oak Barrel Aged Mixed Fermentation Saison by Pure Project from San Diego, California. It's... Uh, I guess that's what I need to say so it's a saison it it as soon as I opened it it's, it's, I caught a little funk but now I'm not seeing not,
1: yeah not it's got it um, it's a little bit acidic not very acidic but not very funky at all it's mostly acidic I mean you can tell it's got
0: that was weird because when I poured it out I got these um, sort of stray <laughs> uh, um, uh, aroma characteristics that suggested funk but now yeah it's, it's now definitely
1: it's you can smell the 100 it's got brett in the nose but mm-hmm. um but it has a very clean profile it did
0: yeah. yeah when you when you taste it all that's gone in fact then and the aroma is gone too now that's had a chance <laughs> to breathe but right when i opened the, the bottle i thought oh this is going to be interesting beer
1: yeah it's really nice mm. it's very white winey
0: it is very white winey, yeah
1: yeah in yeah. fact it didn't say anything about grapes in the
0: it, but it's it just said oak barrel Age, so yeah. it could be like Chardonnay barrels. Could or something. Be. yeah.
1: Really nice. This is a brewery that does a lot of stuff well. Yes. I think I think IPAs are kind of their 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 big claim to fame, yeah. which everybody makes IPAs, so of course. Uh, but uh, IPAs are good. Uh, these are these are really nice. They were they they IPAs are tasty. They're insistent about pursuing uh, this style of beer, and actually one of the findings is this style of beer mixed fermentation. Saison's and Wild Ales. There's a lot of breweries that have learned how to make them, make them extremely well. Examples like this, and they just yeah. don't sell very. And
0: they well. just don't sell.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Interesting. It's it's just a it's a thing that brewers love, 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 and consumers. So they not keep doing them. it.
0: They make a little.
1: Yeah. So it's
0: fine I, I saw... joy, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting.
1: So I saw this. Then it's just pan American. I didn't see any place where people were like, "Oh, we're totally knocking out of the park." Everybody's. Loves our wild ales. Yeah, uh, it
0: makes me worry about Belgian breweries. Mm-hmm. It really does.
1: Totally. All right. I got to talk about the South because I got to talk about Atlanta mainly. Uh, I was not in North Carolina all that long, so I went to Asheville, and I honestly did not get to see very much of Asheville. So. Wow, really?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's such a shame.
1: And it was also the last leg, um, and so my my endurance was starting to wean a
0: little yeah. bit. For our more far-flung listeners, Asheville for a long time has been held up as sort of like the East Coast beer city, the East U.S. I, beer city.
1: I will say when I uh, when I got my Uber at the airport, uh, I sat down and the woman said, "So are you here to drink beer?" She had no idea who I was. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, "Okay,
0: yes, imp- yes, I am."
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is impressive. Uh, clearly, a uh, beer city. And as we were, she was driving me into town. She was like, "There is the." Disneyland and beer. That's the new Sierra Nevada place. And there's the so-and-so. And there's the so so she was yeah, very it's aware. It's kind of, of a beer.
0: tourist town, so it has that. And that's kind of a big part of their identity now. So it's got that mix. It's got exactly what you experienced. The Uber driver would ask.
1: She Well, she didn't ask if I was there. I don't know what else they do there. But she knew beer. So that's impressive. No.
0: Uh,
1: so I, um, I, I started in Charlotte and at a place called Sugar Creek, which mm-hmm. is uh, started by a brewer who is a master Cicerone, one of the few master Cicerones in the world. Yeah. And we had a, a nice educational event there. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, but I, I honestly can't say too much about North Carolina. But I did spend um, uh, the day after. There was a, a weird day between Atlanta and North Carolina. So I had a day in Atlanta, um, and I, I got to see – breweries there and man man atlanta just really impressed me we started out at this place called the bold monk the local writer for the atlanta journal journal of constitution mm-hmm. uh was taking me around thanks so much uh i'll think of his name here in a minute <laughs> uh, yeah
0: the thing about atlanta is for a lot of um for a long 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 time it was just seen as this sort of uh poster child of sprawl and um and sort of uh I don't know, uh, uh, maybe for the northern and western elites (laughs) sort of look down upon. But when I've been to Atlanta, especially recently, uh, I find it uh, like a super cool town. A lot of of, um, uh, local culture, uh, sort of revitalized downtown and inner area. What's that... um, Buckhead, Buckhead, yeah. Buckhead district is pretty cool, and
1: yeah, yeah, I never really was able to figure out the topography, but I do <laughs> I know, know that hard. you would you would pop into a neighborhood and it would feel like a cool neighborhood. But I don't know how they related or what was happening because people were Bob Townsend, uh, the writer there, um, took me around. To, but yeah, yeah, there's really cool neighborhoods. Yeah,
0: a lot of expression of, of black culture, and yeah, I I, I really like a lot, a lot. <coughs> and I and and I had the prejudice that sort of anti. Atlanta prejudice as the poster child of sprawl and terrible urban planning, and all that stuff.
1: Right. Oh, there is. You asked. You just. You asked about uh, uh, Belgian ales, and there was one little interesting quirk that I learned on the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is not. This kind of gets to your question about regionality. Um, the uh, Sugar Creek was founded with the idea of making Belgian style ales, mm-hmm. and it didn't go. And wow. so they, they, pivoted. what's that?
0: <laughs> pivoted quickly to, yeah, to the hazy. That's right. They pivoted, <laughs> they pivoted
1: to other stuff that was selling. Like they followed the market yeah. in Atlanta. The first place Bob took me was, the, uh, the place called the bold monk, mm-hmm. uh, which was, uh, the second brewery, um, uh, of a, a company that had started, uh, Max's loggers, I think Max loggers or something like that mm-hmm. in downtown, uh, Atlanta a long time ago, and he thought he would do this amazing brewery that was sort of Belgian-y, and he, he wanted to make it feel Belgiany, but he had no expectation that he would actually sell Belgian beers out of uh-huh. it, and he did, and he, his flagship is a quad, and he's selling something like three or 4,000 barrels of quad wow. a year, which is crazy. So yeah. in Atlanta, they like these big... Belgian beers and in Charlotte, which is not crazy far away, you know, it's not, it's, they can't, they can't give them away. So you just don't know. I mean, you gotta, you just kind of got to try that place. Bold Monk was amazing. I don't know how much money they spent, but it has this like upstairs loft reading room, which was super cool. I
0: think I've seen pictures. of Yeah.
1: And they had this big deck outside. One thing about Atlanta is they have all these green spaces and it looked out on the back of it. It was in some neighborhood. It was not, or a remote place in the city. Right. But it looked on this little ridge I guess that that's had, the
0: benefit of sprawl, right? You just I guess. leapfrog these green areas <laughs> and then you then suddenly you read it you you preserve them in the end. Oh wait a minute.
1: Yeah. So it had this ridge, this tree lined ridge right behind the brewery, which was in a warehouse, but uh-huh. um it had uh this gorgeous beer garden and then it had kind of a regular pub and then but it had this thing underneath the reading room that made it look like a German beer hall. Mm-hmm. Like you just go to the place that meets your mood. It was a really cool place. Um, we went to Monday Night Brewing, and they're doing a wonderful uh, wild, uh, spontaneous fermented beer that I loved. Uh, and then we went to a place called Halfway Crooks, which totally blew my mind. So this is founded by um, a Belgian,
0: uh-huh.
1: and but he's doing loggers for the most part.
0: Uh-huh. And one of the
1: one of the loggers that he did that super knocked me out was a Belgian Pils, which is a weird thing that you kind of have to really, really seek out when you're in Belgium. These are not common beers. They're beers that breweries who make ales, little regional breweries that made ales, uh, you know, (laughs) scattered across Belgium. Uh Uh, After lagers became popular, they would make their own little Pilsner to sell uh, at the, the cafes around their brewery to keep right. the lights on. Uh-huh. One of the most famous is Dupont's, uh, Brasserie Dupont of Saison Dupont fame. They have one called a Rador Pills, uh-huh. and uh, for a long time in the '50s and '60s, it was their best-selling beer. Very, you know, interesting beer, and they're very rustic. They have a really interesting character. It's uh-huh. like a, it's like Belgian meets Saison, almost. <laughs> lovely, lovely beers. And and in 2019, when I went to, to Verhaga that does the Duchess. Boillon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they do their own pilsner and you find it in the cafes around there. It's super character. I super love it. And I feel like if if you're gonna do Italian pills, you do all these other variations on pills, you should, do a Belgian you should pills. Do, we'll be doing a Belgian pills. And so we get
0: there and there's this Belgian and he makes What's it. That's your next local collab, by the way. I am, I am, I am,
1: I am, it's in my mind, man. It's in my mind. You
0: should get uh, Alex Ganum to do that.
1: Yeah, it's
0: true. <laughs> From upright.
1: So Halfway Crooks makes this wonderful, wonderful uh belgian pills and it's just they they do a bunch of loggers, but i really love that um and and joran the the guy uh happened to be in town or happened to be in the brewery he came up and we, we drank a beer together it
0: was so nice. you write here that not just like saisons are dying but just barrel-aged wild ales in general like yeah. all because lots of breweries have just pumped a ton of money into a barrel aging program and
1: yeah, and I think that's part of the problem. They become too common, uh, and so consumers yeah. have been kind of the market got flooded. Yeah, a beer like this. I mean, the problem. What's this one called? Let's give it a shout out again. It's a really good beer. Uh,
0: um, it's called Madeline.
1: Madeline. Uh, it's just
0: such a nicely. It is. It's really well crafted beer.
1: I mean, the the thing is, when these beers first were made, they were they were made with an IPA kind of profile in mind, which is like blow the back of the head of the drinker off yeah and now people learn how to make them super delicate lush uh yeah. very very drinkable and i feel like anybody would like this beer yeah. but and, nobody will buy it now
0: and this is a beer uh that also would pair well with like fine dining a fish you know a totally. fish dish like can you imagine i mean if, if you're not into white wine this is a great alternative. Yeah. Uh, or, or even if you're in my mind. My, my, but my point is that it's not something that restaurants, I think, still have embraced. Right. Like, this, this is a beautiful uh, drink to have with, you know, your trout or something.
1: Totally. Yeah. I totally agree. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good roundup. Uh, uh, you
0: haven't talked in about New England, so let's just do that real quick.
1: Oh, but, yeah, New England. So, um, you know, I, I know New England pretty well because I go there. Uh, now, every year, and yeah. I've gone at least every other year for the last 25 or something. So I know it pretty well. Uh, my event was at Notch, though. So I did have a kind of minor thing where I was seeking out lager breweries. Uh, Notch is kind of a famous lager brewery.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and I was really excited to see them. They were one of the first to do a check dark lager in the United States, in fact, um, which I was able to get on the lager underground. Somebody okay brought me a can long ago uh, and it was in my, even the first edition of the beer bible, and it was in the second one as well uh so that was really fun and it, it was it was an interesting event because we started talking uh, uh during the event we, we talked about ipas and i got to hear oh and uh producer will Romy showed up at Nash. excellent yes it was very nice to see him i'm always startled at how tall he is <laughs> uh i'm a pretty tall guy and i really have to crane to see the top of See the bottom of his chin, but it was interesting because we were talking about IPAs and um, the thing that we've we've had here in the Northwest and just I think in other places in general is sort of a a shift away from the kind of hazies that is that New England IPAs are famous for, like the back to a little bit more bitterness, less uh, bitterness and dryness um, along with the juiciness, and it was interesting. Uh, The folks there were just you know. Big defenders in the the kind of traditional New England IPA, so I think that might be kind of the bastion of that of that expression of that beer, which is great. I like it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's it's cool. You guys, you guys do you. You you know that's your thing.
0: Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Do you notice any regional differences in what the audience was interested in? Like, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean that that is what I was looking at, and I think you know you if you look at tap lists, they kind of look the same. No matter where you go, with a with a, the, a few of the things that I've I've mentioned that are different, but what you what's really interesting is see what people are actually drinking. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know I, I feel like in California they only drink hops. hops, 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 hops. Right, lagers are just dying. Everything's dark. I didn't see a single dark ale right. <laughs> in <laughs> California. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: um, it's that you know they're dying. Uh, I think I, I really feel like New England has completely shifted over to completely hoppy like hoppy stuff is really a big deal.
0: There's yeah.
1: a brewery like Jack's Abbey that does loggers, is successful because they're such outliers right. in this, in this right. scene.
0: They own the space. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Whereas when you go to a place like, uh, uh, the upper Midwest, it's much more like what I see in, in the Northwest, which is if you walk into a pub, uh, you see that people are drinking a lot of different stuff. Yeah. It's there's, it's, it's yeah. much more variegated. Yeah. Um, and I think in the South, I didn't I didn't have such a huge uh, chance. Like in the places I was at, I didn't get to go to so many places and see so many people. Because I did also go to Austin, um, and I should give a, a shout out. I never really got to do this. Uh, I I just failed at the end. I went to a brewery called Meanwhile, which was founded by uh, Will Jaquis, who was got his start here in Portland uh, hmm. at. Breakside. Oh, yeah. And he founded his brewery in Austin and in 2020, 2020 I think, won the gold medal for his Pilsner, his German-style oh, Pilsner. Yeah. So Beautiful. Served notice. And he has one of the most highly recommended uh, barbecue carts uh, in, in Austin, which ain't no small thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I was like, I'm definitely – I'm going to Austin. I'm definitely having barbecue. Wait,
0: he's from Portland. He's he related to the reporter – Uh, Nigel, Nigel he is. is. Yeah, okay. Daikus is not such a common name. (laughs) No, that's right.
1: Yeah, Uh, I can't remember what the relationship is, but they are, they're they're kin. Um, And I spent, I spent. That was the last stop uh, on on the southern tour, and more or less the last stop because it was a few weeks before we we went. uh, If you plunged
0: me down in Austin and gave me good beer and good barbecue, I'd never leave. Yeah, Uh, Will and I, Will and I, (laughs) and then it would get really super hot, and I'd get the heck out of there quick <laughs> but
1: i was there in i was there exactly in November, you were perfect so it, was, it was perfect and will and i spent like eight hours drinking beer it was awesome <laughs> we toured the brewer we had barbecue <laughs> it's a beautiful brewery they have this weird uh scrub trees out in the back mm-hmm. that i don't know what they're called but it's it, it's almost like a park outside behind their their uh their brewery that has these funny trees that are totally distinctive and i don't know what they are but they are not like trees we got here very interesting place um and it was it was uh i mean it was it was really nice after COVID to just spend some time with people and yeah. i could have i could we i could have done a four hour thing and talked about each stop and how cool each person was along the way and what we did and what we talked about um and i didn't get to do that but i will say it was super uh uh Uh, For for somebody who's been locked up for two years, it was uh, a real bomb to the soul. And it was extremely nice to spend so much time with Will. Uh, Like a long-ass session where just two people are sitting together talking uh, about whatever comes up. And over the course of six, seven, eight hours, whatever we were doing, everything comes up. (laughs) It was awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. uh, Definitely check out Meanwhile when you're there. And also, I was at Austin Beer Works for the event. And they have a tremendous old-school West Coast IPA, and it's it's even kind of pre-West Coast because it's got a fair amount of caramel malt uh-huh. uh, and, and a big bitter charge, but it finishes super dry. Uh-huh. It's only two and a half Play-Doh to finish, so that caramel malt is not cloying at all. Right. It adds a little bit of sweetness, and then, man, that thing is dialed in. It's called Fire Eagle, another one of those tremendous beers that That's I really crazy. remember. Fire Eagle. Yeah, Fire it. Eagle.
0: Well, I'm jealous of uh, your opportunity to get out and about and do all this. I'm not jealous of all the travel that was involved. So um, you have a strong constitution, my friend. I
1: enjoy travel. That was fine.
0: Yeah, I enjoy it in, in moderate amounts, in fits and starts, but probably not for like three months straight. Seventeen flights.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I was. it was really. It was funny. It was. I've been wanting to go to Austin my whole life, and never set foot in Texas. Yeah, um, I've
0: only been to uh, uh, San Antonio. So
1: yeah, when when I by the time I got to Austin, it all hit me, and I was like, I don't have any energy, and I would have. I would have. I planned to go to uh, other breweries. I really wanted to see Live Oak. There were other breweries. I vaguely toyed with the idea of getting out to Chester King, and instead. I spent eight hours talking to uh, Will Jaquist at Meanwhile, so that's
0: which is probably the best outcome of all. It so. was
1: it was tremendous, but I didn't get to see as much of Austin as I should have. Yeah. But I don't regret. I regret, no regrets. But exactly, yeah. there there even for me, there's a point where too much it's, it just it does wear you yeah. down.
0: Well, thank you for sharing, and we should probably uh, wrap up this podcast. Indeed, so, uh, we'll give you a few words as we're going out. Please subscribe to us on the Apple, the SoundCloud, the Spotify, the Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate us. Five stars, please. That helps other listeners find the show. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, so please send your questions or comments to Jeff at BeerVanaBlog.com or on Twitter at pod. Jeff blogs at the Beervana blog, and he tweets at BeerVana.
1: And Patrick tweets at Beeronomics. And yeah. I didn't tease this last time, or not tease it, but I didn't make a big request for uh, mailbag entries, that but please send them to us because I obviously uh, there you,
0: probably is no mailbag right now.
1: Yeah, there's there's we're we're low on mailbag and and that's just because we've been out of commission for so long. So we yeah. need to we need to mailbag up. So if you have thoughts about uh, today's podcast or last week's podcast, please uh, uh, ping us. If you have comments about your area that i got wrong or whatever
0: that, like, and we did start on instagram but we're old which means we're not very good at instagram
1: yeah you precipitously started that on your own <laughs> that's any old,
0: that's all he does. so i know how to reach those 15 year old beer drinkers to go to, <laughs> to
1: go to the first rule of social media is you got to be able to back it up though and, uh,
0: so, ah, so, so you hard. can you can reach us out reach out to us on instagram and in a few months we might see it <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, We're supposed to keep up the Instagram. This is going to be a big travel log. Instagram I, love travel how, log.
1: I love how you, you start this. I didn't you do nothing.
0: I was just sitting at home on my butt, not I even drinking very much beer. You don't even tell me I that you started. I didn't have my funnel of beer. You don't
1: ask it. me about it. You don't tell me. And then finally you, you say, oh, I started this thing. Now you have to carry it forward. No, yes. no, no. Yes. yes. I
0: how things work. I, accuse, I am not responsible. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, I still have a little bit of the Madeline uh, barrel-aged saison. I have no
1: beer left. I have mean. no
0: beer, so you're quickly going to get some so we yeah. can cheers because if we don't cheers, we can't end the fight.
1: I know. And you can't. There's something like horrible things happen if you cheers with an empty glass. So.
0: Yeah. All right. Cheers, Jeff.
1: Cheers, Patrick.